For those of you who are wondering, we're a Morning Star Fellowship Church. And uh, if you need prophetic ministry or if you need somebody just to love on you, we're here Fridays and Sundays. All right, I'm about done now. Uh, how many of y'all is ready to get this, um, this next phase of ministry out on the road? Just hoop a holler or clap your hands or something. Tell me, give me some news. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, we got a good friend of ours in who's been a friend of ours for a long time. Through the thick and through the thin. On both ends. And uh, we love Von Clark. He's been a blessing to us. He is, I tell you, he is, just, he is one of my... He's one of my best friends in the whole earth, and I love him. I love his, I love his honesty. I love what God tells him, and uh, he's been in this area probably, probably longer than moonshine. You reckon? <laughs> Not quite that long. Twenty-two or twenty-three years. So, y'all give him a great big welcome. Welcome him back to our area, okay, Von Clark. How many of y'all are glad you're not dead and in hell? Raise your hand. I mean, how many of y'all are glad you weren't the first person to die in 2010? Amen. How many of y'all besides me were glad to see 2009 go? Amen. Glory. I mean, I have to stay on this side, don't I? It's going to go weird, right? Okay, don't feel neglected over here. Thank you. Um. Why don't you just come to terms with the fact, and let's just pray first. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing. We just bless you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We pray for the blood of Jesus over us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, You know, anybody my age and older, I'm 55, you may as well just come to terms with the fact that you're thoroughly freaked out and that uh, everything that you've ever been taught, you never believed that you would be here now or see what you're seeing. Amen. And so just just come to terms with it and uh, quit trying God to fix something that opposes Him. We're at the end of a failed 50-year-old utopian experiment. And if you don't know what that is, do a study on utopian experiments. It's when a culture get so much money that they don't need Jesus anymore and they decide to create a perfect society. It never has worked and it never, it never will. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very amused that the emerging global financial center is Dubai and that it is built on a foundation of sand. And the house built upon the sand will fall. I also am, I'm not amused, I'm deeply grieved that my generation is in denial and the younger generation of Christians coming in has no knowledge of the fact that this nation turned its back on God over 40 years ago and judgment is not coming, we're, we're already in judgment. And have been for a long period of time because of, and it, please, there's no, no finger pointing in me right now. I'm not trying to condemn anyone. God is a God of forgiveness. But the leading cause of death in our nation is abortion. And a combat soldier in Iraq is safer than a baby in the womb. 
one-fourth of the black population has been aborted. One-fourth, because that's the whole goal of Planned Parenthood, was to control the non-white population. That's why all abortion clinics, for the most part, are in minority neighborhoods. I just read a press release, the, the, the media will never carry it, but a transgendered person, sex change, male to female, was just appointed at a top position in the Commerce Department, and their, pub, their, their official statement is that they, there will be many hundreds more to come in different government, different government posts. And I want you to know that any truce that you ever had with the system that you live in, any denial that you've ever had, you are at a place right now standing still before God and man where you are either going to have to take up the cross or spit on the cross. I'm watching a culture emerge inside the body of Christ where financial abundance is the hand of God. And people, Christians all across the country, ministries are becoming pawns of a system that hates Jesus Christ. And they're building their lives and their ministries on government money. Come on, y'all. I'm not, I'm not, this is not a political statement. This is a statement of fact. And it's time for God's people to pray. Get, your, get yourself out of the lie. I'm just going to say an outright lie that this is a manifestation of the Democratic Party. <laughs> President George Bush Sr. stood in 1988 with his New Age advisor Brent Snowcroft and said we are declaring the beginning of the New World Order. And for all practical purposes, a growing percentage of our government from before any of us were born until now have been steering this country toward global government. It took, it took wings, come on y'all, in the 1960s. It became a jet air airplane in the 1970s. It went supersonic in the 1980s. Come on, y'all. It became a spacecraft that could orbit the Earth in the 1990s. In the decade of the 2000s, it became interplanetary. And now it's achieving light speed. And two kingdoms in conflict are emerging. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And I'm not trying to freak anybody out in here, and I'm not trying to provoke you, but what you believe is not going to stop what is written from coming to pass. And the only thing that is going to derail what's taking place is if it's premature. And if you're not careful, you will lose your faith because things don't happen the way you believe they have to happen. You say, you're speaking doubt and unbelief. Anything but. My desire is that you 
be rooted and grafted in Him and that you endure hardness as a good soldier and you, remove, you ask God to remove every idol of a cultural Jesus that has guaranteed you to have what you want and to use your life and your time the way that you want and to be able to declare, come on y'all, what you will and will not do and what you will and will not go through. And I'm not talking about sickness and disease and lack. You understand what I'm saying to you? Amen? And so, this is going to be, God's been dealing with me for years. It's getting more, I, I, you need to beware of being so rooted and grounded and entrenched in what, and I'm not talking about the basic doctrines of Christianity. Come on, y'all. And don't you label me. I'm tired of being labeled. People say, are you a pre-tribber, a post-tribber? I go, yes. I am. It's going to be a whole lot harder than pre-tribbers think and a whole lot easier than post-tribbers think. And if you think that the rapture is a guarantee that you won't go through any hard times, you have been so deceived and mistaught and have been abused by a religious demon. Because the Bible that I the Bible that I read tells me anything but and that I will be hated because he is hated and that my trouble does not come from God but comes from man. And that all those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It didn't say some. It said all. I personally have only had about one or two family members that hadn't made my life a living hell. <laughs> Since I got saved. Hello. And I personally have been to funerals that I was glad they were gone. I wasn't glad they were dead, but I had done my duty. Amen. And I had endured them and prayed for them and done all that I could to bless them and to make sure that they entered the kingdom of heaven. Amen. I'm not being ugly. I'm just being Real. I'm tired of going to phony funerals. Come on, y'all. Hell is real. Amen. And I'm not God. And heaven can wait for all of us in here. But it's time for us to get busy. We are so consumed with everything except getting people born again and living right that we are deceived and we're wasting our time and God's time. I'm not telling you you have to put on a white robe and stand on the street corners, but you need to be rooted and grounded in Him, and you need to know that Jesus is a stumbling block, and I am so tired of everybody trying to be nice and tolerant of, of a bunch of junk that's going to take people straight to hell, that I don't know what to do with myself, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a mean old man, and I'm not, in, you know, I don't have dementia. But the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life and sin will always kill people. I don't care if people say it's not sin or not. It's always going to produce death and destruction in people and the gift of God will always be eternal life. And God is drawing a line. You are seeing a culture of death and a culture of life emerge and we're freaking out. You don't need to be afraid. Let your light shine and let the line be drawn. And I'm just getting going good. 
And summer before last, God spoke to me and He said, I want you to come to terms with the fact that from this point forward, whenever you stand in a group of my people, in front of my people, that there will be people in those groups that will give their life for the gospel. Amen. I'm just, you know, He told me that. And so I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. Amen. Beware of a belief system that causes you, a Christian belief system that causes you not to count the cost and to base your love of God and your faithfulness to Jesus Christ on the guarantee of a trouble-free life. Amen. And I want you to understand this, that it doesn't cost to serve God, it pays rich dividends, both in this life and in the life to come. And I've had sin, and I've had God, and I've tried to have God and sin. (laughs) Hello, it just doesn't work for me. Amen. And I can tell you that God is a much better boss than the devil is. Been there, done that. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so I just want to break through the confusion and the fog and any defense mechanism that you have trying to retreat into, you know, I just listened to one of my favorite preachers stand up and blaspheme. Stand up on global television and say, Jesus is whatever you need Him to be. Hello? And I'm going like, oh my God. Now I don't think that the man is a devil, but I think he's going over a line. Hello? Be careful. He is not your big buddy. Come on, y'all. He's your provider. Now, I'm going to speak tonight on vision. Come on, y'all. On provision and on protection. But I'm going to tell you that this is a year of division of Christ and Antichrist. The reason all y'all are so wore out is the spirit of Antichrist has been wearing you out with confusion and with one snare after another all around you. Amen? Everything that can be shaken in your life has been shaken. And the way you find out what is eternal, hello, and where you need to get over from the sand onto the rock is when you see what can't be shaken. Lord help me. I know I'm preaching to the right people tonight. You say, well, I didn't come tonight for this. Well, I'm going to tell you that we're coming in today where preachers that have not spoken the truth and prepared people to stand on the rock will be preaching to empty churches. Because they have given the people no foundation to stand in the day of adversity. Come on, y'all. Lord, help me. Now, Lord, we just thank you for the anointing. We ask you to confound. Confound our ignorance. Confound our religion. Confound our laziness. Confound, Lord God, our idolatry. Confound, Lord God, every spirit of confusion over this room. Every spirit of the fear of man. Every spirit of the, of, of our, of the fear of our security systems. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we just ask you to establish a base of operations in each one of us tonight. And make us a stalwart stronghold for the things of the kingdom of God. And the love of Jesus Christ, the head of the church. And all God's people said, Amen. Glory to God. Now this is in Proverbs 4. 
verse 23, you know that your heart is God's garden. I don't know if you know that or not. And I know everybody in here wants me to prophesy to you, and I am. And I'm going to minister to people, you know, I'm going to pray for sick folks. And, you know, I don't get tired, so I'll wear all of you out. You know, and it's Friday night, and you know that if you were in the world, you wouldn't even take a shower till 10 because you wouldn't want to step into the bar till 11 so you could be cool. <laughs> Amen. Come on, y'all. And if you're in here sick and in pain, please don't get up and leave. I, I, I don't want people to, you know, to be suffering and not receive ministry if you need to go. And if you came here in a desperate situation where you've absolutely got to have the impartation of God, I don't want you to get up and leave. I, you know, I'm, I'm, this is what I do for a living. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? This is, this is my job is to minister to folks. And so this is, what I, this is what I do. Do not, do not, do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. He said, no, in this world... That you will suffer tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's not my opinion. Those are red letters. And when he was talking about the world, he wasn't talking about the dirt, the trees, and the sky. He was talking about the system called Babylon. That opposes mankind through money and, and, and what we call the way we are. Come on, y'all. Our cultural concepts, hello, through government, through religion even, through fear, the domination of wanting to fit in, not to stand out. Isn't it weird that people call themselves individuals and not fitting into the box and they're just fitting in with the whole world? You know, rebellion against God is a many-splendored thing. And it's easy for people who hate the truth to find unity because the only thing that binds them together is the hatred of the truth and they're free to do whatever they want to do. Can I say that one more time? It's very it, The rebellion against God is a many-splintered thing. It's very easy for people who hate the truth to unify because there's only one common denominator is that they hate the truth because their deeds are evil. And so what they do is produce a belief system that says, I'm all right and you're all right. Come on, y'all. And the only thing that binds them together is the love of darkness and the hatred of the, the, hatred of the light. You say, that's being judgmental. I didn't write the rules. Sin kills, God gives life. Come on, y'all. Hello? Now, you have got, and I, you and I, are being challenged in our minds to fade from our diligence to Jesus Christ because of the myriad pressures that every one of us is facing. Hello? In 2009, either your money got hit, somebody in your family went crazy. Come on, y'all. You had a health challenge. Come on, y'all. Something you invested your life in as a Christian went, you know, went south. You had great loss in your life. But I can tell you that in 2009, everything that you believed and everything that you have stood on for years has been shaken. And I got news for you. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God 
will endure forever. And it, you've got to come to the place in Jesus that when things are going awry, whether it is in you or around you, do you know when you get to the place that you don't care whether sin is sin or not, and you don't care what you believe anymore, that's when you need to look at God and go, I know that you're right and I'm wrong. And I know that the devil is trying to take me down and to destroy me and to use me to destroy other people. And to turn your face to God and say, the only hope I have in this life is you, Lord Jesus, and whatever your blood has supplied me, I need it to work on me right now because I am not thinking straight. And I am letting these things that has come, are coming against me take me down. Come on, somebody. I am preaching to you in here, and I'm being shaken, God. And there's an anchor in my soul through Jesus Christ that has gone beyond the veil. Come on, y'all. Lord help. Do you know that a lot of y'all at civil war with yourself? And you're either mad at God or mad at you. Mad at somebody else. Keep your heart with all diligence. There's not many of you in here that would go out stinking in the world. You know, in a lot of places, people don't have the money to keep clean. But in America, you can almost tell for sure when somebody's disturbed, when they, you know... That, that's how you can tell you've got a problem at home if one of the family members loses their personal hygiene. If you've never taken care of people, live a while. You'll find out. That is a sure sign that someone is slipping when they go from being fastidious. Come on, it's a sign of depression. It's a sign that someone has got some kind of organic dysfunction maybe. In the brain. Well, I want you to know when Christians stop keeping their heart with diligence, it is a sign that they are under attack from the enemy to be taken by the enemy into a snare where they will come on, y'all. Is that making any sense to you? Lord help me, Jesus. Don't 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 let the devil try to create a false reality in you. Don't, 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 don't get as far away as you want to get from God so that you think you can live the life that you want to live and then pot up with people just as messed up as you are and call it reality. I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all are acting in here. <laughs> I know I am. I'm going to have to get up here close. Y'all too far away from me. I mean, you think you're safe. <laughs> with the miracles of modern technology, I can go anywhere. For out of it, what? Your heart springs all the issues of life. You know, have, there's a lot of this just worried yourself slapped to death trying to make people do stuff through prayer and fasting and begging. You've prayed till you've gone through voice changes. You thought the louder you prayed and the more you hollered, the more God heard you. I'm serious. Some, some of y'all seriously have done damage to your vocal cords. You have worried yourself and everybody in the house slapped to death. You've taken hold of things. I'm saying, and there's a time to stand on stuff. But a lot of us have been frustrated and we frustrated ourselves because we were going to make something happen. You know that people in sin have to run their course. The way of the transgressor is hard. You didn't get right with God till you couldn't stand your mess anymore. And some of you still hadn't gotten there. 
You still think that you've got some reserve you can keep away from the Lord and that you can still have a nice little life. All you young people that you've been raised to serve God and you think you're going to go out in this world and have you a nice little life without Jesus, every devil that your parents and grandparents took a stand against is waiting there with reinforcements to take you places that you never were raised to go. And you'll do things that Satanists wouldn't do. Because they're deceived and in ignorance and you're walking away from the truth to go out and live in darkness and think you can have you a nice little life. Mm-mm. Then you get proud and arrogant. Well, you know God's changed. It really wasn't the way they said it was. After all, it is the 20, what is it, the 22nd century now? Twenty. I don't even know, 21st, 21st century now. Man has evolved Yeah, we've become technocratic barbarians. (laughs) And there's not a hill of beans of difference between our society and Germany during the last days of the Weimar Republic. And all it will take for us to do worse than Germany is to have a total financial collapse and a humiliating military defeat and we will follow a man who says he has the answers into hell. You think the Germans were evil people? It was a Christian nation. Had the highest culture. As far as science, come on y'all. And all the technical sciences in the world. German missionaries on every continent. Hello. Just remember that the enemy is very subtle. I'm not saying it's going to come to pass, but I'm telling you the writing's on the wall. And people had better wake up. And uh, (laughs) too many of us have wasted time doing nothing because we assumed on many things. And you will find that people who take action and people who are willing to embrace a cause make things happen, good or bad. And there's an anointing to activate people right now into a refreshing, into a new reign with God. And not, listen, not everybody's looking for a camp meeting. You're not looking for a visitation from God so that you're radically transformed. You're wanting to go watch a preacher burn, and that's the problem with most of us. We've been trying to put a saddle on a preacher to take us somewhere that only Jesus could, and then we've cussed preachers because they couldn't take us there. And we've gotten disappointed because we've worshipped men and ministries and made idols out of anointings. And we feel cheated. Come on, y'all. And then we sit back and go, well, no, 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 no. Press forward. No, 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 no. Press forward. Amen. Press forward and embrace this fire that God wants to not just put on you. He wants to put it in you. He didn't come to fit you into polite society. Do you think that Jesus suffered and died so other people could feel good about your walk with God? You know, in the South, you can get just enough of Jesus to be devilish. I mean, I hear it all the time. You know, Billy Bob, he done found the Lord. I'm so proud of Billy Bob. Billy Bob, he don't drink no more. He don't, he don't smoke rocks no more. 
You know, Billy Bob don't run with wild women no more. He don't drink. He don't chew. He don't smoke. He doesn't find him a good job. I'm so proud of him. Well, you know, a good Muslim would do that. And they do. It's a new standard bearer for the world. All things Christian are being despised in this country. All things Muslim are being exalted. What do you think would happen in the world if a public announcement was made that a devout Christian was being appointed to a top post in the Commerce Department and that many hundreds would be following? Come on, y'all. I mean, imagine. On the media... Someone stood up, they've got a Bible in their arms and said, devout Christian has been appointed to a top post in the commerce department and this is one of many hundreds more to follow. Come on, y'all. But someone who's had a sex change from kilo, male to female, makes that announcement. Everybody's like, wow, we've come so far. Mm-hmm. We used to tell kids they could be president one day. Now we're going, you can be like this one day. You think I'm being funny. I'm not mocking people. I mean, this is... This is come, come on. Hello? Oh, my God. And see so your word, but well, you know, I don't know when trouble's going to come. We've been in it for almost 50 years. Well, you know, it's a good place to live. You know, I got what I want and get what I want. You know, all I have to do is just, you know, work hard and make sure my credit, you know, you know, got good credit, you know, need to get a good job with some security, you know, get things fixed the way I want them fixed and, you know, just have a good life and, you know, everything will be good. Well, I'm not being negative, but we've been asleep in the bosom of a monster. We've been living in a nightmare for years and years and years, and nobody took it to heart. And all of a sudden, people are freaked out, like, wow. Whoa, you know, I didn't, I didn't bargain for this, God. Oh, oh my Jesus. <laughs> you know, I've had somebody put a gun in my face before and go, you blankety-blank preacher, I'm going to blow your blankety-blank out. You may not need, think you need to speak in tongues, but baby doll, I did. <laughs> It's a sign for the unbeliever. You don't believe in the demonic? Go teach school. I used to be a school teacher. Work in a mental institution. You don't think the things of the Spirit are real? Oh, my God. I know. I, know, I just want to get your attention here. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you and let your eyes look straight ahead. To what? The prize? Yeah, this is just my introduction. I haven't even gotten to my sermon yet. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. Ponder the path of your feet. God's going to order your steps. The path of the righteous is a shining path that goes ever brighter to the coming day. You know, if you want to know what I really think, you know, I've got a blog. You can go look at it. It's vonclark.com. There's a, there's a vision on there called House of Cards. That's what I really think. I'm not going to get into it right now. But there needs to be a reunion between you and the reality that in this life, you don't have anything but Jesus. 
and that you are strangers and pilgrims here. You know, I'm, I'm about to have to do a Facebook purge. You know, I've just got some you know, people doing weird stuff on my Facebook. But somebody put a question on there and said, do you think that Von Clark would survive on a, uh, an isolated foreign planet, you know, somewhere? And they said no. And I wrote back and I said, I've been living on an isolated foreign planet <laughs> for 56 years. I'm a stranger here and a pilgrim. And the days of my journey are 56 years. It's not over yet, but I belong to a place called heaven. And I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Somebody here needs to say amen. Don't frustrate yourself trying to establish an earthly kingdom and calling it the kingdom of God and freaking out when you can't make the life that you want come to pass. Every time that I have almost achieved in my mind the perfect life, here comes the Holy Spirit going, I've been saved long, long enough to remember when I was right about everything. I've been saved long enough to remember when I had all the answers. I've been saved long And the church, there was a time for 23 years of ministry, I could stand up in front of people and go, there's never been anything I've prayed for I didn't get. And it was the truth. I know how to get hold of God. But, you know, God started shaking me. You know, God says bad things to me sometimes. He says real bad things to me sometimes. I was down on the coast of Georgia, and we had standing room only in a building. In fact, the fire marshal came and said, you let one more person in, we're going to shut you down. Somebody gave me a Lincoln automobile in that meeting. Not a new one, but it was nice, coupe. Boom, boom, boom. I gave it away. Amen. Because I didn't need it, and somebody else did. I got the biggest offering that had ever been in that church. People were piled up like cordwood all over the place, and I was, I've got one up here, thank you. And in the middle of all of this great glory that, you know, I was walking in, God spoke to me. He says, you are a whore. And I said, but Lord, thou knowest. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, you're prostituting my anointing to entertain people. And he said, unless you raise up people that can stand and serve me, you are useless to me in the ministry. It would be better for you to die now than to continue this mockery. Well, that can't be the voice of God. See, there's this big chasm that's opened up between what we call normal life and the real kingdom of God. And that chasm is... And see, a lot of us are trying to hold it together. We've got our feet hooked over one edge and our hand over the other one. We're, we're praying like fury for God to go back and make things the way they were. Amen. There's a bridge in Brooklyn that I own I will sell to you. I mean, and I'm taking up, I'm, I'm an investor for oil wells on the moon. Now, I personally think the best days 
of the church are ahead and the most holy days of this nation are ahead. But it's not going to be without great price. Lord, help me, Jesus. Let all your ways be established and do not turn to the right or to the left and remove your foot from evil. I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that God's really dealing with now is the motivation of our hearts. You know, there's a lot of people that have soul ties to stuff that they ought to let go of. A lot of y'all are nursing hurt that, you, you know, you haven't gotten over. Well, why not? Life is hard for everybody. If you're not careful, you can make a profession out of being hurt. And using that pain is an excuse not to do anything. I've been disappointed my whole life one way or another. Come on, y'all. Is this making any sense? And I'm not making light of pain. I mean, people need help. I mean, my God, if you've never gotten the place in life that you had stuff wrong going wrong that nobody but God can touch, live a while. Amen. Amen. I want you to resist. Resist the temptation to crumble. I'm not talking about just like sucking it up. I remember before I got saved, in fact, they were still investigating the guy's death 10 years after I got saved. But he was the son of a CIA agent, was my best friend. And either he jumped or was pushed out of a high-rise apartment. You know, I remember the moment he died. It was one of my best friends. I looked at my watch and I knew he was gone. I wasn't even saved. And the first thing I said when they told me he was dead, I said, oh my God, he's not saved. And I wasn't even saved. And I remember the life that that fellow lived. And I remember how shallow his life was. I remember how broken he was. And I remember the dread of his parents. They divorced after that. Only child that they had. They were older people. We're being divorced from a system that hates God. I don't know if you've ever been in a nightmare marriage before, but there are people that don't want you the way that they are. They want you to be what they want you to be. And you can either bow down and become exactly what they want you to be, or they'll divorce you. And that's where we are with this system right now. I want you all to ignore. Now, I'm not telling you to be in denial. But as much as you can, you know, you know being, being, having courage doesn't mean the absence of fear. I will tell you that I know the Word of God, I, but I see things that I don't even talk about in the realm of the Spirit. And a lot of times, uh, you know, I see, and all of you have seen the end from the beginning. All of you have. That's what freaks you out because you've caught glimmers of things. Why don't you just get real that since you've gotten saved, there's really not been much that has caught you by surprise? And that even, you, even though you didn't want to face things, you knew about things ahead of time, and even if you freaked out when stuff happened, when there was the impact of it, you knew already, I've already knew about this. You may be in denial that God didn't try to prepare you, but He did. Now, don't freak out about, about your safety. Don't freak out. I mean, you know, 
But there are so many things that have been a farce in our lives because we really haven't trusted in God. We've been standing, uh, you know, like one foot, you know, on the kingdom of God and another foot on a system that hated God and for we could walk in it. We thought. And now the kingdom of God is rising up and the system is going down quicker and quicker. And we're like freaked out trying to maintain this balance. We're going to have to work together. We're going to have to help each other. We're going to have to do a lot of things. Let me talk to you just a little bit about vision. And there was, a, there was another point to me talking about this guy that died. And I can't remember it. <laughs> so just pray for me to remember that. And I'll remember it later on and go, oh yeah. So just agree. I know people in different parts of the world. And I want you to know that all over the earth, Christians are praying for America right now. Because people in foreign countries know more about what's going on here than most of us do. <laughs> Amen. And America is the world's last great hope for freedom. And independence from tyranny. And that's why we are so hated. I mean, so, so hated all over the world. We have very few friends. Now, look, in, I don't, you, you all know the scripture, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, without a vision, the people perish. That's why the enemy tries to dissuade you so much. That's why you've had vision from God. I hear what the Lord would say. He said, I hear your souls. And the challenge that comes within you is not my spirit but it is the fear that you will actually have to face me in the darkness. And know that there is a breaking that is coming forth. And know, says the Lord, that you choose the level of truth that you'll walk in and you have a need to embrace the cross and to know that the days ahead are in my hands and not yours. And that you will see my glory and you will see healing, and you will see the glory of the latter house. But you will also see the world become visibly what it always has been behind the scenes. And do not be deceived that things were better before, but the light was weak and could not expose the darkness. And Satan is not gaining ground, but is being exposed. And break every vow that you have taken to decide what the truth is and how much you will give yourself to me. For in these days, says the Lord, those that will stand will be those that will lean wholly upon me. Mm, mm, mm. And I'm so glad, so glad, so glad to be in Jesus. 
So glad to be in Jesus. You were born for a purpose. Psalms 139 says so. That He knew you and formed you in your mother's womb. That's why the enemy has worked so hard to destroy your confidence, to take you away from God, to cause you to establish your life on, th- on promises that will fade away. Come on, y'all. You, you understand that? There's a safety net over your life right now. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, <laughs> let your ways be... Let's just look at that for just a second here. What time is it, somebody? They need a clock up in here. Okay, I'll try not to kill everybody in here tonight. Look in Proverbs 3. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I need to do more of it. Thank you, Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Come on, y'all. You know, before I got saved, I, you know, I, was, I really had plans to be an academic. You know, that, that, was my, that was my whole purpose and goal in life. And uh, I was about to start a master's degree, interdisciplinary in, uh, in archaeology and the uh, sociology of social problems and in clinical psychology. Go figure. I was crazy. And I also believed in past lives, so I wanted to study, you know, ancient civilization. But in the face of these things, you know, I remember being unsaved and looking at the people around me and sitting in classes, listening to professors and knowing as an unsaved man who was full of prune juice and who wasn't. And I would go over here and I'm going like, this, this, this individual is not living in the real world and they are influencing people. Come on, y'all. You, you, you all don't understand that one of the marvelous things about human nature and the way God created you is that no one can control what you think. God won't even control what you think. He'll give you, you know, whatever you want. He'll let you give yourself over to it. Try it on for a while. I'm serious. If you think, you know, if I'm gonna be, you know, if you think that you can just do whatever you want, go hang your head over in it. I'm serious. If you think I'm a freak and you think that it's all right for you to have sex with whoever you want to, go have at it. Just hang your head over in it and then come back and let me see what you look like in ten years. And we'll do a before and an after picture. Have you ever seen the faces of crack before? Faces of meth before and after? We ought to do the faces of sin. Somebody who was raised to walk in the truth. Come on, y'all. And who just gives himself holy. You know, there's a whole science of thought that whatever you feel the need to do, that's your nature and you ought to do it. Well, you know, if I did what I felt the need to do, I'd be in prison. If what I want to do is my nature, I've done been killed about ten people or more. You know, just stand up in the court and go, Your Honor, he needed killing. If as human beings, we are controlled and ruled by impulse, we're nothing more than beasts. 
In fact, that's where your greatest challenge in the last days is going to be is people who have hardened their heart completely to God and they have become beast in human form. And they're wiser than we are. They have wisdom and discernment that is earthly, sensual, and demonic. They look better than we do. The world does love its own. Come on, y'all. The world applauds its own. We're on dangerous ground right now. Y'all, because a lot of us, we want harmony with the world system. Be careful what you say you have to have and what you say you want. Be careful. You know, God will let you believe whatever you want to believe. A false spirit can come up and tell you it's God if you're stubborn and you oppose the Word of God. I've had people tell me that they were in the will of God being prostitutes. They prayed every day and knew that God was pleased with them. And they knew it was God because they were blessed financially. I mean, you know, you listen, you know, I watch, I watch MTV and I watch BET because I want to see what demon spirits are destroying the young people in our different cultures. And I watch MTV, you know, and it's just given over to sexual perversion and to, and, and to, and to witchcraft and the occult and death. And I watch BET and it's given over to sex and anarchy. Hello, and both of them rebellion to authority. I look at it, it's crazy. And I've watched some of the, and I, I don't watch it to be devilish. I just like to see what people are into. You know, I just watch, I, I like the arts. I just watched the Kennedy thing and I watched about five minutes and turned it off because it was nothing but a glorification of gay performers. And I went, I can't do this. I just, you know, I just, I just turned it up. I just, Jezebel and Ahab is ruling this society. Castrated men and women who hate any kind of, come on y'all, of authority. Oh my God. It's just crazy what's going on. I remember watching an award on one of the music programs and there were these young girls and they were as close to naked as they could possibly get up there doing every kind of gyration and, you know, and weird thing that people can do with their bodies just singing trash. And they won the music award and they were jumping out, Thank you, Jesus! I just want to give the glory to God. I'm going like, which one? Was that Baal? Or Molech? Which God was that? I tell you, God's about to answer by fire. And I'm telling you, y- y'all can think I'm a freak, but this nation is going to turn inside out this year. Inside out? Upside down. My Jesus. And I hope that we embrace the Lord before we have to. You know, your time to learn about healing is not when the doctor goes, there's nothing I can do. You go, well, you know, you already know that one day there will be something that nobody can do anything. Oh, that's not a negative report. You know, if the devil's never tried to kill you yet, wait for a while. He will. Come on, he'll try. If he's never tried, and and listen, we're, we're spending so much of ourselves trying to find peace with things that we should have no peace with. Come on, y'all. Can I say that again? 
We are wasting so much of ourselves trying to find peace with things that we ought not to be at peace with. Amen. Lordy. Look in Habakkuk just for a minute. And I may get a third of the way through this. This is about vision. Some homework to do with this is also Isaiah 28 and Isaiah 18. Both of those are, are, are uh, uh, what God was doing in a society when the society was being judged, but he was preserving his people. I need to know about that. I know I'm preaching to the right people in here. Habakkuk. We're going, we're going to start at the beginning. I'm just going to touch a few scriptures. I've gotten drunk up here. Y'all have to forgive me. Is there a light right here that you can turn on without turning on every light in the place? Perhaps, maybe, without burning our retinas out. I need one like the glory coming right down on here, you know, just the beam of light. It's up there. Okay, I'm going to have to back up just for a little bit. Thank you. Not the red. I mean, this is not a red light district. We don't want that. I mean, that, I don't need that in front of me, behind me. Thank you. I saved my retinas. I mean, thanks for playing with me. I want, you, I want you to look at where Habakkuk was. He was in a time where he had discernment and God was doing things that he didn't want to see happen. Do you know that when God is blessing a nation, that the wicked are blessed with the righteous? Do you know that when God is judging a nation, that the righteous suffer with the wicked? Do you know, if you've gone through a financial nightmare this year, it's not because you were a failure. It's not because you're a bad Christian. It's not because you did anything wrong. Do you hear me? Do you know that the Israelites went through the first three judgments on Israel? You want me to tell you why they went through three? Because it took three judgments before they realized that God was in the house and they repented and when they repented God separated them from the rest of the judgments. Come on y'all. Now, my, my, my deal for me is what is it going to take for me to open my eyes and see that I'm standing in spiritual time that I haven't ever stood in before in my lifetime. I'm dealing with confrontations and I'm dealing with pressures and I'm seeing things that I have never had to deal with in my life, but three generations ago, my family did. And I knew them, and they stood, and they prevailed. Come on, y'all. And they loved God. Look at what he says here. Oh, Lord, how long shall I... This is verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry out to you and you will not hear? Hello, Jesus. Hello, anybody there? Hello, I'm ready now, God. Yesterday... Hello? God? Even I cry out to you of violence and you will not save. 
Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are those that rise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked and judgment does not go forth, for the wicked do compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgments proceed. Well, you know, it doesn't do any good any time that we try to do anything that's right, the judge is just to overturn it. I'm going to tell you all something. A lot of you all are grieving and mourning right now and you think that it's you that's messed up. A lot of you are upset right now. A lot of you can't get away from something on the inside of you and you think it's because of this or because of that. or because It is the groaning and the mourning of the Holy Spirit in you. It's the cry for innocent blood. It's the cry for the trouble. It's the cry for the harvest. Come on, y'all. The people that I know that walk in the Holy Spirit are either worshiping, come on y'all, either have peace or they are mourning in the presence of God. People are waking up at night, losing sleep, being distressed, and they're going like, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You are being, you, you, are, re- you are fighting the devil and at the same time you're fighting the devil, you are wrestling with God. And everything that's ever been spoken to you by the Holy Spirit, anything that anybody's ever preached to you that was on the rock, any whisper you've had, it's not for a later date. It's for now, 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 now. There's a prophetess that I've walked with for almost 30 years. She said, God told me I have 10 years. And to preach the truth and bring everybody I can in and don't worry about anything else. I don't know what's ahead fully, and neither do you. And there is a sin in the body of Christ of preachers telling people what they want to hear for their own gain. And preaching messages to get... Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Lord, Lord, help me, Jesus. God wants to multiply... You, He wants to multiply Himself in you. He wants to raise up a standard in you that will bow to Him and to Him only. He doesn't want you to be a rebel. He wants you to do all you can to work with other people. But He wants you to know the fear of the Lord and to know that you, will, you can stand in Him when every, everybody around you could deny Him. Come on, y'all. Everybody around Him could walk away from Him. But you're going to go ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. Now you can just go on and read it that what happened is that when they got into rebellion, God raised up the Persians against them. That's Iran and Iraq together. What you're watching is a manifestation of the, of the prince of Persia. Amen. There will be a Muslim super state one day. I don't know when. Military strategists say that that the war in Iraq is brilliant strategy because Iraq's not a real nation. It was created by the British to destabilize the area. They took parts of three different nations called and, from Trans Babylonia and created Iraq and set up a puppet government to control the oil trade. But one day, Islam and communism are going to combine. And Russia is going to take all the Muslim nations under their republic. And I want to freak you out just a little bit. I personally do not believe that that's the final conflict. 
You can study it for yourself. I'm not trying to be ugly when I say this, but there's some men in here, and I don't know who you are, but over the men in your family for three generations, the word stud service has been written. And God says if you'll give your heart to him right now that he's going to break that curse over you and over your generations, and he's going to purge the generations from cyclical sin. He's going to break it right in there. And some of the women in here, I want you to listen. You come from, from generations of broken and frustrated women, and God says that you need to get mad enough to turn your face toward God and to release things to him. He's going to change things. Lord, help. I don't know if I can say all this tonight or not. Look at what he said. In the midst of this national judgment, he said, first of all, I'll stand on my watch and set up on the tower and wait to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. Do you know that any time you're in trouble and you stand up and wait on God that the Holy Spirit's going to come and change your heart and deal with you? I don't know about you all, but I've had a bad attitude all my life. <laughs> I've been mad ever since that man hit me. I feed on offense. If I don't have somebody else to be offended with and I'm just me, I'll tear myself to pieces. I'm either going to see what's wrong with somebody else or tear me apart. I don't like the way God does things, to be honest with you. I don't like forgiving people I want to open up and fall, fall alive into hell. I mean, I want to be right all the time about everything. I don't want to, I don't want to be nice to people I don't want to be nice to. Amen. I don't want to admit the fact that when I don't forgive people, I'm tormented by demon spirits. And the more I don't forgive them and the more tormented I get, the more I don't like them. That's why I don't like to go to the graveyard. If I'm not careful, I'll go in there and fight with dead people. <laughs> Stand at the grave and it just all comes, and I'll get mad all over again just looking at the gravestone. This is human nature. We are so bound with fear that we don't even want God to touch the things in our life that will bring us into freedom. And get mad if the Holy Spirit gets too close to it. <clears throat> you know, can't touch that. Nope. Nope. Mm -mm. It's too close. I have a right. You know that Jesus hung between two thieves naked. Torn to pieces. And one of them mocked him and the other one worshipped him. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know what they do. I've had some real bad stuff done to me, but I can't make a lifetime sport out of it. Hello. You know, I don't mean to speak evil of the dead, but I'm surprised Daddy's casket didn't burst into flames when we lowered it into the ground. You know, he prayed to receive Jesus about three days before he died, and I hope it was real. I mean, I'm just being sincere. I hope sincerely. That my daddy, do not, do not get into this thing that you have wasted your life because you have gone through trial and error and tribulation and sorrow and because you have been so impacted by what's going on around you that you've been bruised and defeated. That's why Jesus came. Does that make any sense? See, you can nestle down in the reality that in the worst situations that God is going to speak to you, and look what He's going to say. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain upon tables that He may run that reads it. 
I have never seen anyone with great faith that did not go through great trial. I've never seen anyone walk in a miracle anointing that the devil hadn't tried to kill. I've never seen anyone walk in really understanding money that hadn't lost everything they had more than one time. Because the scripture says, put your trust in money and it takes wings and whoo! You know, I wasn't set for retirement, but I had some money in the bank about five years ago and they were so nice to me. They were just nice people. They showed me so much respect when I came in the bank. I got invitations to attend Low Country Boils. I'd go in and sit down with them, go, I want to buy this, and I want you to put it on a balloon note, and, you know, if I don't have the, you know, that's fine, Mr. Clark. You know, just, just you know, it's good. Well, guess what? That took wings and just, look, they're not nearly as nice to me. They don't want to sit and listen to me anymore. They used to be so interested in everything that I had to say. And I was a valuable member of the bank family. And what's unfortunate is I'm, you know, I'm around a bunch of deranged rednecks that still think I'm rich. And I wasn't rich before, you know. And it's just the saddest news that you will ever hear in your life will not dim the vision that God has put in your life if you will understand what this kingdom is all about. In fact, it will enhance your heart toward God. Be a good steward of what's in you and walk toward the Lord understanding that that vision in you is not just for you, it's for the generations to come out after you, both spiritual and natural, and that you are keeping something alive that hasn't just been for you, but there have been other people that have walked in it too, and you are taking something from generation to generation. Somebody say amen to that. Let's talk about provision just a little bit. Look in Mark 10. And I'm going to be done here in about 10 minutes. I'm just going to minister to people. I'm declaring, the Lord keeps saying to me, revolution, revolution, revolution. You know what God spoke to me today? And I mean, you know, I was one of those guys that I, you know, I mean, I was older, but I pretty much did what I wanted to do. You know, I'd go out and preach for two or three weeks at a time, then go home and work just as hard as I wanted to work and get out in the sun and sweat and did whatever I wanted to do. And I messed my back up about six years ago. It changed my life forever. You know what God spoke to me today? He says, Vaughn, he said, uh, you need to get in shape because he said you're going to need strength, physical strength, to walk through what you're going to have to walk through. That's what God's been speaking to me, to me. See, I'm looking for that good word. You know, you know, thou shalt prosper, you know, on the right hand and the left. And I believe that God's going to prosper me and bless me. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen? I, I believe that as much as I believe I breathe. Is that God's going to prosper me? And I've been young and I'm old and I have yet to see the righteous forsaken his seed. I won't ever eat out of a garbage can. I won't ever have to take baths in the bathroom of a... Come on, y'all. I used to sell blood to get high before I got saved. I won't ever have to sell blood to eat. Come on, y'all. Lord Jesus. 
It's a privilege. I want you to understand this. To be in a Christian, you know, have you ever realized that God provides for you when there's no way for you to be provided for and when everything else falls apart? Come, when everything falls apart. Everything falls apart. It may not be the way you like it, but God still has His hand on you. Somebody needs to say amen to this right here. Look, look, look here in Mark 10. People are being healed in here from progressive diseases that are just going to get worse and worse without a miracle. And God says He's turning it around. Mm-mm-mm. Look in verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, Lo, we have left all and have followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say to you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's sake, but he shall receive a hundredfold now. When is now? Do you know that you don't need blessing in heaven? You don't need healing in heaven. You don't, need, you don't need food in heaven. You don't need provision in heaven. You need it now. And he says, give us this day our daily bread. And the Jews didn't like manna even any more than you do. Well, we don't know where it comes from. We try to store it up and it gets worms. It's there every day. We really don't like the way it tastes. Come, come on, y'all. Your peace, I want you to listen to me. Your peace is a river that comes from inside of you that defies everything around you. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You, you know, I, 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 my parents thought that I was terribly morbid when I was a kid. And both of them were war, World War II veterans. And I can remember hitting about 10 years old and everything I could read about World War II I read. And my parents would go, why? We lived in that. I'm going, because I need to know. And there was a common denominator of people that stood in impossible situations whether their nation was under attack or whether they were in a prison camp or whether they were under assault, they stepped into the middle of whatever the circumstance was and something came down on the inside of them and they said, I will live through this. Do you understand that in Isaiah 58 it says that He will cause your midnight to shine as noonday? That means that your darkest hour will shine. That means that the worst day of a believer is better than the wedding day of someone who is unsaved that has won $300 million in the lottery. That means that in the midst of what you go through, that God is going to provide for you, take care of you, and bless you. Lord Jesus. He shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. I tell God all the time, people already hate me, you may as well bless me. I'm saying people think, I'm, it's, just, it's just crazy what they think. It's just, I just, it defies imagination. 
and in the world to come, eternal life. God gave me a word for me in this church. I'm going to go on and speak it while I'm turning there. You can turn to, to uh, Acts 6 for just a minute. Will you let me finish this? I've been preaching this for years. When it hits, when it really hits, the bank does not want 5,000 cars sitting around the bank with a for sale sign. And they don't want the deeds to 15,000 houses. They want money. And when it really hits, they will adapt. And I will tell you point blank that whatever you've lost, you need to prime your pump and trust God because the day will come that if you've got money, you can pretty much, and I'm not talking about a lot, but just stability, that you'll be able to do some things. And you need to get over. Come on, y'all. I had a woman come to me crying at a church, and she said, Pastor, I never had my own house. We rented for years, and she said, I got a loan, got my house. She said, it's the most wonderful thing that ever happened to me. She said, I didn't know they were crooks. And she said, the interest went sky high. And she said, my money got tight. And she said, I'm about to lose my house. And I said, well, I've got some phone numbers I want to give you. And I'll get back with you. But I said, I don't want you to lose it. She said, well, thank God. I've got enough sense to know that there's a difference between me and my house. And if I lose that house, God's going to bless me anyway. It's weird, you know, payday doesn't come all the time with God, but when it comes, it comes. We're, there's not a one of you in here that either hasn't been shaken financially or known somebody that's been shaken financially. Don't you believe the lie that the government is going to be able to take care of people? The government's busted and bankrupted. The only reason they're doing all of these things is to collapse the economy so we can go into a global system. There's no money there. I've looked at experts at experts that unless there is a sudden change, there won't even be any kind of entitlements or assistance to people within four years. Nothing. Because there's no money. Amen. You're being negative. I'm not giving you a negative report. The church is going to have to be the church. We're going to have to minister to people and help people. People keep prophesying money to me, money, money, money. Everybody, strangers prophesy money to me. <laughs> People I don't even know walk up, God's going to bless you. I'm going like, great. That's wonderful. But I know that I'm coming into a time and season where if, even if I've got the money, the last thing that I need to drive is a car that costs more than the first house I bought. Come on, y'all. And I'm not trying to detract from anyone, but you need to, you need to, you need to get into the, the, the cycle of what's going to understand that you need to live to assist other people and to minister to other people and do whatever you can. I know that I've been selfish down through the years. I've, tried, I've always tithed and give offerings. But I, I, the God wants to get me over into something where my whole life is motivated by what I need to do to bring people into the kingdom and to help other people. Come on, y'all. And I'm not saying you won't have anything for yourself. Now, just, this is for Brother Keith and for me. And for, if it fits for any of the rest of you all in here, this is when they were trying to take Stephen down. And in verse uh, 11 it says, So they secretly instigated and instructed men to say, We've heard this man speak using slanderous and abusive and blasphemous language against Moses and God. Thus they incited the people, as well as the elders and the scribes. And I just speak over you and over me that anywhere people have instigated others, 
I break it over this church and I break it over me in Jesus' name. I want you to understand that the potential of God is not limited by the harshness of your circumstances. Come on, y'all. How, how long have you and your, your wife been married? Do you know that if she woke up tomorrow morning and said, I'm out of here, you know, if you want to do this, that's fine. I'm not doing it anymore. If you want to be with me, you can come with me, but I am going to have a normal life. I'm not doing this anymore. The promise of God, you might be detoured, but the promise of God is still going to be there. Still in effect. Still in effect. Do you know that the temptation, I want to talk about protection, I'm going to be done. Let me look at the time here. I do this not to check my messages, but because watches don't work on me. This computer, I mean, I'm just I'm like that. I messed a bunch of kids up. We, we took a group to the museum, and it had this thing that, that registered electricity in bodies. <laughs> I said, y'all come over here and watch this. And I put my hands up to think of, vroom! It's always been that way. I don't even think it's spiritual. I think it's, I think it's magnetic. It's just, just weird, and I just have, I have a lot of electricity in my body. You're nothing but an electrical system. You realize that. Amen. Whew. I've said a lot of this already, so I'm not going to say it again. Let's look in Revelations 13. Let, 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 this, this is, I don't know why this is for you too, especially, but the residual effects of this meeting on both of you all is that something's going to rise up in the, in the midst of you. God's giving you resilience. You're going to bounce back. You're going to start to look at things from a different perspective, and you're going to find the treasure that you have in the Lord Jesus. And you will be wounded, but you won't be pierced through. You'll be cast down, but not destroyed. Hello. So I just bless you in the name of Jesus. And just remember something is that people, people, let me give you some good theology, sis, and that's what I've started to walk in. God is good, the devil is evil. People without Jesus are lunatics and Christians are recovering lunatics. It has made life so much easier for me. Amen. So I just bless you. In Jesus' name. And so when people do crazy stuff, it doesn't freak me out anymore. I know because I are one. <laughs> Amen. And uh, what's your name here? Every baggage claim check that you've had trying to pick up other people's mess and trying to make some sense of, out of it, and you not liking all the scattered pieces that's been thrown in your lap, God told me to tell you that curse has been broken over you from the third and the fourth generation. And where you went mayday, mayday, you know, mayday. God says he's lifting you up. And he told me to tell you that you're going to become stalwart. You're going to be a resource for, the, for the, the, just the knowledge of God. And that as you grow older in grace, you'll be seen as a pillar and someone that people come to talk to who knows God and who talks to God. So I just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you're being lifted up. I want, you, I want you to understand, God. this is the economy of God's kingdom. He lifts people up that everybody else thinks they have all figured out and they really don't have much use for, and He anoints them. And God's bless, He's going to bless you abundantly with grace and understanding. And He says he's, He is going to give you discipline in your heart to the point 
that you just kind of take a deep breath and walk in grace. But never again are you going to let the words of people pierce you through the way they have in the past. Is this making sense to you or am I being crazy? <laughs> okay, there's more to you, sister. And that's for about 50 other people in here too. So, God gave me this scripture last night. I'm saying, God, what do you want me to tell these people tonight? And I know that I'm taking this out of context and I don't like to do that, but he gave me this scripture and I hadn't even thought about it forever in a day. And in Revelation 13.10 it says, Whoever leads into captivity will himself go into captivity. If anyone slays with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Herein is the call for the patience and faith and fidelity of the saints. What people reap, what people sow, they reap. If everybody around you wants to rebel and turn on God, you may see the confusion and the darkness, but they will reap what they so, right now there are two storms raging through our society. Big storms. One is abortion and the other one is gay rights. Amen. I'm not a mean person. I don't want anybody to be hurt or mistreated regardless of who they are. But the reality is, is that sin kills people. Amen. And God spoke to me before I got saved. He said, just before, right when I got saved, He said, this is 1977, He said, just before I come back, he said almost the only people having children will be Christians and almost the only people with any old people in their families will be Christians. Again, there's forgiveness. The enemy's trying to use force on us to get us to adapt. But I want you to know that there's protection in God. The wages of sin is death. That's why we need to speak life to people. Come on, y'all. I, I never have... I, I saw this manifest last fall... I had a pro-life sticker on the back of my car. I never knew that people could drive with one hand and do sign language with the other. I, I, I don't like to have, my, have people ride my rear end when I drive. And I'd have to put my flashers on and look in the mirror with people like that. Pro-life sticker. I pulled up at a gas station and a male couple got out and saw my sticker and started, you know, over there. And I went like that. And they figured that I was old but not too froggy to jump, so they backed off. <laughs> they manifested just me having a pro-life sticker on my bumper. People were going by me shaking their fist at me. I'm going like, who would have ever thought in America that it would be a crime to say it's wrong to kill A baby. I'm not against anybody. But I want you to understand this, that you need to be thrifty with the reality that it pays to serve God and that when the wicked arise like green grass, according to Psalms 37, they shall soon be cut down. How do you know when it's time to cut the grass at your house? When it gets tall. That's how you can tell that judgment is imminent when wickedness springs up like the green grass. In the last days, God pours His Spirit out on all flesh, according to Joel. Your young men shall seek visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. But He's pouring His Spirit out on all flesh. What about everybody else? 
All flesh, they either turn to Him or they manifest Antichrist. And when you see wickedness flourishing, that's not a work of the devil. That's the Holy Spirit being poured out in people's hearts manifesting what is in them. Come out of this fear and trembling. In the trouble ahead, God's drawing a line. He's going to make it plain what the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness is. And God's hand is on you. Oh my God. Is this making any sense to you all here? Proverbs 2.8 says that God preserves the way of His servants. Psalms 3.8 says our salvation belongs to Him. Come on, y'all. We're going to end in Psalm 91. And I'm going to share a story with you. And this is really early. And I'll pray for everybody in here if you want me to. I may not have a prophecy for you. What's this man's name right back here with a hat? What's your name? Kim, when you were young, you were a bulldozer. And God says, now you're going to have to be a strategist. And he said, what you used to be able to headbutt your way through, he says, now, he says, you're going to walk forward on your knees. And he said, I'm going to cause you to be as cunning as a serpent, as harmless as a dove. And God told me to tell you that where the, you, you, something's going to rise up in you with discernment. You are going to know when people are lying. Oh, my God, you're going to know it. You're going to look at them and go, they're lying. And it's going to, it's going to rise up. God spoke something to me while I was on my face. And when 2010 came, he goes, the lions are coming both in the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And he said, and the anti-Christian rhetoric is going to come to a fever pitch this year. And he said, my people, the lines are rising up, but he said people are going to look at people on television, both in the realm of entertainment, media, and government, and see their faces manifest hatred. And my people will know going to see it happen. You'll think I'm a nut. You're going to watch it happen. Where'd I tell you to go? Thank you. I knew the night that my son was conceived. I knew the minute he was conceived. I'm not being coarse. I'm just, I looked at my wife. I said, you're pregnant. She says, you're crazy. I said, you wait and see. I knew what his name was, and I knew he was a boy. I knew it. From the moment that child was conceived, the devil tried to kill him and my wife. To this day, I've never seen the enemy work so hard to destroy anybody as he has my two kids. That boy's life has been delivered so many times. My wife was about four or five months pregnant with him, and we were, invited, we were living in Tulsa, and we were invited to go and, and have dinner with a couple that were called in the ministry. He since then has uh, apostatized and is a college teacher and believes that all paths lead to God and preaches against Christianity from the podium of a... And he was called the mission field. It's just a sad, sad deal. And before we got in the car, it was about 6, it was about 5.30 or 6 o'clock. We were supposed to be there at 6 and it was a long drive. I couldn't get in the car. My wife says, get in the car. I said, I can't. She says, why not? I said, I've got to pray. And I just began to walk back and forth and pray. And she says, what's wrong with you? I said, you better let me pray. I said, I've got to pray. And I prayed for about 15 or 20 minutes. I prayed until I, I, it was just on me so heavy. 
And then the peace of God came on me. It's what the old Pentecostals call praying through. That's why the devil doesn't want you to speak in tongues. We had a 1982 Datsun B210. I don't know if you remember those or not, but they were about as big as a refrigerator. Brown. And we were, of course, we're in the fast lane. You know, in the left-hand side, rush hour traffic, eight-lane traffic, bumper to bumper. And I'll never forget it because I'm, I'm, I like old cars. And there was a 1960 Oldsmobile 98 with a white top and a green bottom, four-door next to us. And in front of us was a car, and we were running about 70, 75 miles an hour, approaching an overpass. And the car in front of us swerved. And a dump truck had dumped an entire load of bricks out right in that lane. And it was about as far as, far as from me to that door right back there with me running 75 miles an hour. All this happened instantly. I couldn't go to the right. I couldn't hit the bricks. And there was a space, maybe, how big, maybe as wide as, as that piano right there between those bricks and the bridge abutment. And I told my wife all I did, all I looked at, all I said was pray, and I stood on the gas pedal. Just stood on it, and I headed for that space between those bricks and the bridge abutment. Now, I don't know, and you can think I'm lying, my wife is not given to these things at all. And, you know, and it's scaring her because God's showing her more and more. She, she's always been, you know, thought I was a little goofy, but God's starting to show her more. And she was there. With God as my witness, the bridge abutment moved with eight lanes of traffic going over it. We watched it move over. Why he didn't move the bricks, I don't know. He moved the whole bridge abutment. And we drove through without a scratch on us. You say, well, that was just for you. Uh-uh. I was an ignorant... Young fella working two or three jobs in school with a pregnant wife and the Holy Spirit told me to pray. I want want you to understand something. Jesus walked through every obstacle that came against him until he knew he wasn't supposed to. Everything I read in the Bible tells me that people have a choice of deliverance and that we're protected. When I first got saved, God made me live in places I didn't need to live. I'm still living somewhere that in my natural mind I don't need to live. I was born into a scandal. I was cursed by grown people growing up. I was mistreated by school teachers growing up because I came from the family that I came from. And God's always kept me right in the middle of that mess and that nightmare. And when I first got saved, there were people I did not need to be around. And I'd see them coming down the street and I'd say, Oh God, blind their eyes. And I'd stand there and they'd just walk right by me with me staring at them because I knew we were about to have a conflict. They wouldn't even see me. Come on, y'all. One of my best friends and I worked in convenience stores when we were in school and he was a Vietnam vet. And this guy came in and put a gun in his face. And he looked at him. He goes, you stupid punk. He said, God didn't deliver me from Vietnam for you to hurt me. Get out of my store in Jesus' name. (laughs) When I was in Bible school, you, you women need to listen to me in here. 
There's a false spirit trying to breed such fear in people that they won't stand on God. A friend of mine's wife was eight months pregnant and she woke up in the night with a man straddled her in the bed with a knife at her throat and he jumped out of the window and ran from her because she began to holler in tongues. Come on, y'all. I went to church with an old woman. And she goes, Vaughn, she said, somebody tried to break in my house last night. And I said, what happened? She said, I prayed for God to open his eyes to the angel. And she said, there are still grooves in my gravel where he ran screaming. (laughs) There are more angels than there are people and demons on the earth. You could stand by yourself against an army just like Elisha and his servant stood. And he was afraid. The boy was afraid. He says, God, open the young man's eyes that he can see there's more with us than there are against us. And God opened his eyes and all the host of heaven was there. I want you I want you to listen to me. Be kind to people. Show tact to people. Have some, have some understanding that you can wound people that are ignorant and don't know any better by being right about everything. People need to be encouraged But you older saints will be held accountable by God if you don't try to stabilize and strengthen these young folks coming into the body of Christ. You older men, you've already walked through a lot of nightmares in your life. You need to take hold of these younger men and help them understand the way things are. You older women, you are commanded by Scripture to teach younger women how to take care of their families and love their husbands. Come on, y'all. We're to encourage one another. We're to bear one another. Our protection, I want to tell you the three most great weapons that you have, spiritual warfare. You want to do spiritual warfare? Obedience, worship, and intercession. And the Lord told me to come here tonight and command a blessing. And everywhere there's been blight and mildew on your life, and everywhere the enemy has stricken your soul to the point that you are having trouble, approaching God and trusting God. I turn you back again and I build a bridge for you in Jesus' name that before the Lord you will find your sustenance. Before the Lord you'll see the prevailing winds of God. Before the Lord that the deliberate actions of sin will cease. Before the Lord repentance will come. Before the Lord your power will return. Before the Lord your first love will return in Jesus' name. I wrote a, I, I didn't write, I wish I had written it, but I read a book by Gloria uh, Copeland that she wrote over 15 years ago that says how to build an ark of protection for your family in troubled times. And she prophesied everything that was going to happen in this nation. Little book about this big, and it's all on Psalms 91. We want the protection of God, but we don't want the secret place. Do you know why it's easier for people to live together than it is to get married now? Because there's a big difference between a boyfriend and a husband. Big difference between a girlfriend and a wife. I'm not down on anybody. I mean, the young people are so scrambled now, they think they're married if they're, you know, I'm serious. And it's just a collapse of our culture. People are afraid. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. Before I got saved, I used to live in sin. I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. It's nothing I hadn't done myself. But the reality is, is that there's a way out. Come on, y'all. 
no commitment. I have fallen out of love with you. Well, I wish you told me before we had these kids. <laughs> I need to find myself. Didn't know you were lost. We were, you were here all the time. Come on, y'all. I want you to understand that the reason a girlfriend looks better than a wife is because a girlfriend has time to fluff. Hmm? The only time a girlfriend is in the bed is when it's action. It's not when you're so exhausted you can't raise your head. Come on, y'all. Girlfriends don't have stretch marks from carrying your children. She hasn't gained weight because you're stubborn and won't eat anything but fried food and potatoes. Amen. When you have no commitment, you have space enough for people not to see the bad stuff in you all the time. And you can be all nice and then, you know, be real <sighs> about things. But the reality of covenant is, is that the light of Jesus Christ touches us. And we walk with him and we're married to him. I don't know why he wants us, but he does. Amen. Now I want to tell you something. I'm troublemaking in here tonight. I'm troublemaking for me. You want me to tell you why? Because I preach it and I know it, but I have to walk in it just like you do. And I'm just as freaked out as any five of you put together because in 2008, my wife and I, 2009, affectionately called the year from hell. And financial pressure was about 5% of it. Every button the devil could push in any arena of life, he stood and tap danced on. Did the Spanish castanets on. Come on, y'all. And what my wife and I have pretty well figured out is that we're in this for the long haul. Both with the Lord and with one another. Amen. Neither one of us is committed to adultery. Neither one of us, you know. But it's just been a different time. Let me tell you what else I found out. Is that I'm thankful my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me tell you what else I found out. Is that Jesus is faithful. Let me tell you what else I found out. That there are dams that the devil tries to put up that break with the passage of time. And that whatever the devil does to oppose you, whatever comes against you, whatever, whatever season comes against you, that there's a beginning and an end to it. Anytime storms come, has anybody in here ever been in a tornado besides me? You know what? It didn't last forever, did it? We are in a passage of time unique in the kingdom of God from the very beginning until now. That's why everything is so freaky. Come on. I've known you guys for a while. I knew you when you had it all wrapped up and had it all in front of you and knew exactly what you were supposed to do. What's your name here, young man? Chris, God has put a warrior spirit in you. He has put a, released a fire in you to cremate the remains of the old man. And everywhere the devil had access to you, God has literally 
driven his own soul and his cross between you and the things of and every knowledge of, of trouble, every knowledge of death, every knowledge of the things that ever touched you. God says that those things are being cut away from you and He says, I'm going to cause you to stand. You're going to be stalwart. I'm going to tell you something. He's given you a heart not to be independent. He's given you a heart to bear the yoke of the brethren. He's given you a heart to take back some things, not just for you, but for the generations of your family. And God says that He will make a mound heap of everything that has destroyed in your life and cause you to stand victorious on top of it. And I want you to get over some things. Okay? You've got some years that you need to look back at where the enemy just really got you into the middle of every device. And he says he's bringing you up right now. And he said that you're going to stand. He said that you're going to minister to other people. He's going to give you opportunity. There's going to come a day where literally the enemy will be dismayed because he ever touched you or messed with you in any asset of your life. Now I want you to understand this, that we're only one facet in a diamond. Not all of us has it all of anything. But you're going to shine, brother. And I'm telling you that you're going to shine. And I want to say this to you, there's discord that God is going to release between you and people that the devil has assigned to you to keep you down and to steer you off course. And don't be shocked, but the fire of God is on everything that would hold you or steer you into trouble. And God's giving you cloud cover, brother. (laughs) Do you realize that they have satellites now that if the clouds aren't over you that they can read the paper that you're reading and can tell what brand of cigarettes you're smoking? But when there's clouds, they can't do it. And I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Shoo. What's your name here, baby girl? You right here. I heard the word fearful indignation upon anyone that would try to take you down, anyone that would on purpose try to trash you, anyone that would try to belittle you. The enemy has tried to make a doormat out of you and cause you to believe that your worth as a child of God and as a woman was dependent upon the approval and you literally have given everything for it to be trashed. And God says He's lifting you up and there's a rebate on your life. He's giving it back to you right now. But I heard the Lord go, never, ever again. Never again. Never again. Never again. And the Lord says it's going to be all worthwhile and you're going to find out that it's all been worthwhile. And I heard the Lord say, don't give it up again. Don't throw yourself down again. You have found out the hard way that whatever you compromise to keep, you lose anyway. And God says, I'm giving you your soul back again and He's giving your goals back to you again because you had a lot of them. You had a lot of them. And and you've been derailed, but the tracks are still there. And God says He's putting you right back on path again. Let me have your hand. There's even a healing in your body. There it is. You're healed. And you're forgiven. Now, don't wait for me to come to you. This is all over the congregation. You know, this altar is open if you need to get right with God. I mean, I mean, shoot. So I just bless you, says. There's the anointing. That burden's coming off of you. It's been, a, it's been a sorcery over your life. That's all you can think about. And they, they literally told you, you'll never get over me. Mm-hmm. Won't ever be anybody like me in your life again. And that curse is off of you now. And that, that, that incubus, succubus spirit, looser now in the name of Jesus. 
There it goes. Look at me. I break foul play over you. I break slavery. Looser in Jesus' name. Go. Does it make any sense to you? Am I crazy? Did you feel it leave? Did you feel it leave? See, you took a vow and said, no matter what, I'm going to make this work, no matter what it takes. And I just break that off of you right now. Jesus is the prize. Mm. Mm. I, w- I want to give a, a testimony of a good friend of mine. He and I, both God gave us both the revelation that the enemy was trying to kill our sons. And he and I were inter- interceding twice a week for our children. And he called me and he says, Vaughn, I just want you to know that today when I finished preaching, the police came and told me they'd found Andrew dead. And I said, Andy, what happened? He said, well, I went to him last night and begged him to come home. And he wouldn't. And he said, Dad, pray with me. Don't worry about me. He says, I'm going to be all right. And he had a broken ankle. And he said that night that he... he took Oxycontin for his ankle and started drinking beer and he didn't wake up. And he said, Vaughn, he said, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but he said, I'm in total peace that my son is with the Lord. And he said, my heart's broken. He said, I'll never be the same again. But he said, he's in Father's house. I want you all to remember this. There is nothing the devil can take from you that has been committed to God. That's my hope for my dad because God promised me that he would be saved when I got saved and I thought it would be then. Right then. Do not let the enemy throw you down because you have got what looks like irreversible loss. I've seen God restore irreversible bone loss. I saw God restore my brain when I had fried my brain with meth and acid. Come on, y'all. I saw God heal my body when the doctor... Don't don't, don't give up no no matter what comes against you. Come on, y'all. I just bless you. Let the anointing just rest on you right here.